And now, for a podcast 20 years in the making. Shit, them boys is having the time of their lives. <laughs> it will be in your head for the next hour believe you sports, history, just pure randomness. Just talking? Well, what's the show about? It's about nothing. With your hosts, Robbie Nelson. A team that is known as the Bears. The Bears. And the Bulls. The Bulls. The Bulls. And Mike Chips. That guy's pretty good, if, if you like. 6'5", 230-pound quarterbacks, laser, rocket arm. Are you ready for Welcome to the Dog Pound? We are back for Welcome to the Dog Pound, Episode 7, for our special Cyhawk preview, featuring myself, Robbie Nelson, the dog, my main man, Mike Kitt. Say what's up, Mike. How's it going? Welcome to Hate Week. Hate week, woo woo woo, and our very special guest, my boy Patrick Levon. We have worked together. We used to work together back at Wells Fargo. He's one of my first friends in Des Moines. And say what's up, Pat. How's it going? All right. He's a, he's a Hawkeye through and through. So just like you, Rob. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. I get shit from him. Yep. So. We, yeah, we had uh, Patrick on because uh, basically what we're going to talk about today is what him and I used to do when we sat by each other uh, back in the day at uh, the mothership. So we are uh, going to do some more of that today um, and have uh, Mike participate too. So to start this out today, we're going to have actually Patrick uh, recap the Iowa game since they actually played one. So. Why don't you tell us about what uh, what happened with Northern Illinois uh, last Saturday? Yeah, I mean, this is pretty pretty much uh, went as well. I would say as it probably as, as it could have. Um, you know, four suspended starters, two two suspended offensive linemen, uh, no serious injuries um, to anyone. You know, that probably matters for the season. Basically, just got off. Yeah, the yeah got off the field. Yeah. I mean, I would have been happy, honestly, if they would have won seventeen ten. Something like that. I thought it was going to be a 21 to 13 type game, um, which it looked like it was going to be pretty, it was pretty zero at halftime. Just ugly, ugly football. I yeah. The first position, you know, I think it was an incomplete pass, a tough run, and then an incomplete pass, and then a block punt. So the Northern Illinois had the ball inside the tie with 20 yard line or something, and then the defense got to stop. And then, I mean, that was basically the whole, the whole first half was just back and forth, no scoring, just ugly, ugly football. The first, like, Three passes were all dropped. Something yeah, like that. yeah I think I think I read that there were um, five or six drop passes. Um, Davis Stanley finished eleven for twenty-three, so for like one hundred eight yards. So pretty bad, uh, pretty bad game from him. I mean, after you know having twenty-six touchdowns last year, for over two thousand yards. Um, but then obviously the second half, I mean, you could really see that I would like the way they were obviously the most better team. They just physically made them go the wrong way. Ran the ball down their throats. Um, basically, all second half, then we ended up, you know, obviously winning 33 7. So it was a perfect, perfect way to start the season. And then, obviously, for the Iowa State game, um, got two, got both offensive tackles coming back off suspension. But then, 
two sorts of pizzas and uh, line them up uh, back in line in case I was easy. So pretty good uh, start to see those in. Do you think that uh, having those tackles out and those other guys, do you think that affected the, the team at all? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, so uh, Larry Jackson, just more both starting tackles, both really talented. Um, they're both over in the NFL. Um, yeah. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, you can definitely tell. You can definitely see it with, I mean, I don't know if it was, if I didn't pick a play all much, um, but I think from just from what I remember, not official number, but I think I saw Iowa attempt two, maybe three passes over like 20 yards. <laughs> so, I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty basic, um, a lot of stretch, you know, obviously with typical Kirk Ferentz, yep, typical uh, zone running, zone blocking scheme runs, um, a couple, obviously, some throwing over the middle and tight ends. Um, I think only four uh, of the 11 completions were to wide receivers. So, you know, you're looking at seven completions to running back tight end and only four to wide receivers. So, they kept it pretty basic. Um, yeah. Obviously, some drops. So, yeah, I mean, I think it definitely had to affect the team. Yeah, and <clears throat> I think, you know, they were probably being somewhat vanilla, I think, in their play calling, too, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's, that's kind of how it is for, for most teams, I would say. Yeah, uh, with the starts. Yeah, before you get into the. Conference play, obviously, with Iowa FC, it's a bigger game. You're going to see more uh, open up. The play calling is going to be a little more aggressive, just like it was last year. I mean, both, you know, ranked more score 44 41. So you're looking at, obviously, more scoring and uh, things like that. But generally, um, with Kirk Ferentz, when we first came in here, you're going to see pretty basic football. You're going to see runs, you're going to see throws, and it's not going to see much, uh, much flash on the other season. So. And I would say he's very about assignment football. And that's where I think the second half turned a lot, is he basically told them, just do your assignment and good things will happen. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and I mean, it was just the first half of just like a lack of execution just all around. I mean, like I said, the season started with I think like a, a drop pass, I think like Seth Ron and another drop pass or a completion. Oh, uh, actually, what it was, I remember now, on third down was uh, a 60 yard. Um, throw no, uh, uh, and it was a perfect pass for Stanley dropped touchdown. I mean, he's first, you know, first team All American, um, dropped the ball that would have been a touchdown. Uh, so, I mean, you're looking at two drop passes and a stuffed run and the fourth down and the punt gets blocked. So, that's not a great start. Yeah, not, not a great start. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's just lack of execution. And then the second half, obviously, you can tell that they came out with, um, you know, they're like, let's just, let's. So run the ball, put it down the throws, and get out of here with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, even though it was as close as you said at halftime, I mean, they ended up 33 7. I mean, <laughs> you can't be too mad about that. No, you no, know? not at all. I mean, I, like I said, I think most Iowa fans, um, I mean, and even coming in uh, to the game, a lot of people, like, doesn't have to call Union. That was like his upset. His uh, like, pick of the week was like Northern Illinois, where I went like, straight up. So a lot of people knew that, I think Northern Illinois returned a pretty good amount of starters. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, because they had that uh, All-American Sun Smith, um, that defensive end. Yep. Um, and a lot of people were, I think, projecting them to go to like, the MAC championship. Yeah, and like you were talking about Sun Smith, I mean, he led the nation in tackles for loss last year. So, yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, they played in the MAC, which is basically JV football, but right. that's that still matters. Yeah, you know? exactly. Your favorite Tuesday football. Hey, hey, like I said before, I love the MAC. <laughs> It's just, it's just, it's not Big Ten or Big Twelve, you know. So, <laughs> it, it, it gets the job done when you want to watch 
football on uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Yeah, when you're Jones in in November and you want to watch a game that has 20 people out there at, at their game, is that, great, is that a great recruiting tactic for those? Tell them you to play on Thursdays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, or Tuesdays and Wednesdays. They get on national TV. How many how many games are they getting to watch on Saturday? Nobody nobody's tuning in for Western Michigan versus Northern Illinois on a Saturday. Besides, giving you crap. Even the alums aren't, you know. It's true. Because <laughs> all Western Michigan fans are probably Michigan fans or Michigan State. <laughs> Mostly. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, uh, they have those uh, teams' gears or Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like you and I who are, you know, Purple Hawks, like we talked about before. So, Which I actually wanted to bring up why he's on here. So I saw that they're, they're, they finally got the UNI game sold out. So the United fans had to buy two tickets <laughs> since they're fans of both. <laughs> they might, they might, they might force them to do that. Yeah, no, it's actually cool because like they just come from Pat Green concert, right? <laughs> is, there, is there a football game around this Pat Green concert somewhere? You you would buy tickets to the Pat Green concert, oh, would I? Yeah, uh, no, it's actually cool that they they have these sellouts coming up coming up since I know that they were having. They've been having trouble getting, you know, games sold out that aren't, you know, huge games. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like Wisconsin or something. Right. Like that. So a lot of the games sold out. Wisconsin game. I mean, we expect them to be written a four for the might be a game so it's sold out. Yeah, so definitely. It's cool to see the United sold out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, all right, kids, should we? Uh, I was gonna say, were you presently uh, pleasantly surprised about their defense this past week and how they fared up? I mean, I know Northern, Northern Illinois' offense isn't that spectacular, but. Right. I mean, whoa, whoa, whoa. They have a former uh, Iowa State player at wide receiver. Jawan Wesley. Jawan Wesley. Yeah, he, he, he had a touchdown. He had so, to play special teams. <laughs> yeah, they're only touchdowns in the like, last, I don't know, last couple minutes. Or no, no, no. He, he had a receiving touchdown. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, he, I heard his name. I watched the game. <laughs> I heard his name. I was like, that name sounds really yeah. familiar. So, <laughs> I went to Google, looked him up. I was like, oh, of course. Because he's, I remember he scored a touchdown against Iowa State or Iowa in 15, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 15 or it was 16, I can't remember. But, yeah, he scored their only touchdown. So you were pleasantly surprised somewhat. Yeah, yeah I think um, coming in, you know, the defensive line is going to be the strength of Iowa's team all season. I mean, um, this, at the end of the year, like, Iowa fans can look back, it depends on what kind of year it is, obviously, but this could be the deepest, not probably the most talented, but the deepest defensive line that Kirk has ever had. I mean, he, he can go eight, we can go eight deep at, at on the defensive line, that's how good they are. Um, obviously, with you know guys like PJ Vanessa and Matt Nelson, they're going to have guys. Um, and then you got some, uh, some young, uh, younger guys with the two deeps and stuff. But yeah, the defense played well. Linebackers, um, they look okay. Um, you know, obviously, first, I think first starts for all of them. Um, so they look okay. Uh, Monty Jones, who started at middle linebacker, got replaced like halfway through by Hockaday, right? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it's a senior. Um, yeah. Special teams basically his whole career, but he looked when Hockaday came as they got in the flow of the game, you can tell the linebackers start to start a little lot better. Um, and the defensive backs, I think they're uh, going to be really that's going to be a strong, uh, a strong unit in the team too. Um, but some some young guys like Walker and then Amani Bukarski, Jake Tomasi, if you look to Jeff, pretty good guys. It'll be big key on that defensive line how clean they can keep the linebackers too. Yeah, I mean, so that's one crazy thing uh, that I actually read last week. That's just an insane stat is that every season. Iowa has had 30 sacks. There's a magic number. 30 sacks or more. They finish in the top 10 every single year. So, I mean, that's, that's like one of those, you know, those watch that. So, I mean, the defensive line can play well. Especially the 
almost off the road, and that obviously makes the job for those newer linebackers. Yeah. Easier. But, I mean, if you think about those teams that did finish in the top ten, they had stud Dean Lines. Yeah. You know, exactly. 2002, uh, uh, 2009, um, 2015. Yeah, I mean. If you're looking at teams with, you know, some of the most, like, a lot of those guys are, like, have long NFL careers. You know, yeah. Um, so you're talking about guys like Adrian Claiborne. Yeah, even if you go back to 2002, you got John Babineau that played for like 10 years. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, obviously the defensive line is going to be uh, to the defense. Um, yeah, I mean that's always the kind of the big thing with Iowa is that can you stop? Can we stop the run? And can we run the ball? Yep. So, Come back, it comes back to lines. I mean, I was built like an NFL team. You got to have good offensive line, good defensive line. If you have both, you're ready to go. Right. Yeah. So and, I mean, yeah. I mean, and Kirk probably got that from, you know, NFL coaching. <laughs> right, so. exactly. And then, like, over the last three years, I saw them the day that when Iowa um, rushes for over 100 yards, they're 21. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then when they don't rush for it, they're 0-20 or something. Yeah, it's, that's it's insane, insane, man. Yeah, so, I mean, that, that's those two stats right there. Stop the run, pressure the quarterback, and run the ball. And that's, that's yep. basically what, what Iowa does is. Year, this year, that's really yeah, definitely. Um, all right, should we shift to our uh, cyclone game from Saturday? Are we done with it now? <laughs> that's what it feels like. Um, more about the game than the actual what happened, pretty much. Yeah. Do you want to uh, talk about it at all? I mean, what you saw in our uh, one defensive series and yeah. one uh, offensive series? So they, so they, I didn't, I just mean, so they were, they had one series on each side of the ball. And yeah. That was that was it. Yeah. yeah. Right so, before kickoff, they ended up yeah. calling. So it was right after we scored a touchdown. So literally, yeah, it was South Dakota State got a first down with on like a screen pass. Yep. And pretty much went three and out after that, punted, came back, and Iowa State got a third and long to start out with, got stuff on a run, and just completed a third down pass, and then basically went speed tempo at that point, completed See, a little screen yeah, pass. And, and uh, I wanted to talk about that. I liked. Because I, I felt like last year we did not, if we ever went tempo, it was only like in the red zone. But this drive, I mean, it's obviously little to go on, but they did tempo. It was the middle of the field. Yeah. They got, you know, they got a big first down and then just went boom, boom, boom. I think a lot of that is, is they had to bring Kemp up to speed during the season. And yeah, learning, now, and learning now he's tempo, in control. Learning tempo is a lot of uh, summer stuff, yeah. ball camp. So I think a lot of that was getting him used to tempo, even. And he's been in control for you know through spring, through the fall camp, and I think he even has control where he can make calls at the line if he needs to. Which, as a sixth-year senior, you hope he'd be able to. So I think that'll be interesting going into you know next week to see if that's you know something that continues. And ultimately, it's just something where there's so many question marks right now. You have no clue, like. You have one drive on each side of the football. Yeah, we you have no you idea. You don't know who's going to play, you know, what what speeds <laughs> out there. Right. Like. And I know that we talked about earlier. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to get into it. Um, but we're, you know, Robbie and I were talking on the way over here. Like, so who, who is, I mean, does that give an advantage to Iowa or Iowa State? I mean, we really don't know. So Iowa's yeah. had a full game under their belt. Iowa State's had probably like less than 20 plays yeah. um, on, you know, total in the game. So, I don't need those arguments both ways. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens on Saturday. Sure. Yeah, and my theory is it's kind of like if you give a dog one treat, what's a dog going to want more? 
and that's where like these players were given just a small amount of things. Are they going to come out fighting, or are they going to, you know, that's the thing. Is, is I, th- I think are they still, still rusty? Are they rusty though? That's it's, well, the, and that's what him and I were talking about. Like the the only thing that worries me out of this is that you know in game one you get all those just like out. Iowa had a yeah. first half last game. and they and they did. You know the Hawkeyes, you know, played, <laughs> played like garbage the first half, yeah, they did. and you know, kind of got it together and you work out those kinks and then you improve to week two. We didn't get to do that. We basically saw two series. Right. We don't know if they worked anything out or not. It, it always says that, like I said earlier, is that your, your biggest improvement when you start the year is from week one to week two. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, it'll be really interesting. Obviously, I mean, I've read some stuff though that, you know, Iowa State, obviously, from when I played them last year, I was a completely different team. New quarterback. I mean, we, we the only, we had no film on it this year, but there's no game to see. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they implemented some new stuff uh, during the offseason. Yep. So, well, what I was probably going to watch is obviously last year, or I mean, I don't know how many games uh, game had played. Had the game like 5 through 12. Okay, so they're going to have yeah. games to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, I mean, I, I think it's a little bit of an advantage I would say, um, just because, you know, you can't really, like I said earlier, you can't really team speed in practice, so I would ask the whole game Whereas I was kind of, you know, you know, now they're gonna have to go on the road too, that's a big thing. I think if they're at home, it would be I must have been, you know, if yeah. it would be a wash, I mean, honestly, because you're gonna be comfortable with crowd all that but going on the road, yeah, you know, household environment. I mean, it'll be really interesting to see. Yeah, definitely. Um I was just gonna say, you know, with uh back to the actual game itself with uh, the the two series we did see. I did like on defense. Um, I I thought we got some defensive pressure. Um, I think with Iowa State, one of their strengths this year is going to be the defensive line. So it was good to see um, those guys get pressure. I mean, granted, it was South Dakota State. We don't know, you know, if they're you know a top FCS program or not. They were last they're year. Right. Yeah, they're they're top five FCS program, and they they made the semifinals last year, but they lost a couple guys. Um, and it, it's just I wish I could have saw more. Um, but it was good to see that because I think that's going to be a strength of the team, especially with, you know, losing a leader in Joel Lanning. It's, it's good to have, you know, the, uh, the defensive pressure that you're going to get in the front. I mean, we have veteran linebackers. I'm not worried about that and a veteran secondary, at least corner wise. So, um, but I just like seeing that. Yeah. I mean, they definitely got some pressure. I mean, but we saw a whole six snaps basically. And that's true. I mean, when you see pressure on two plays and six snaps, I mean, how do you know how that's going to carry over? I know. That's why I'm like, I don't know games. what to think. Yeah. So it's just one of those things, like, they did stop the run pretty well. And, I mean, they yeah. gave up the screen pass for, like, you know, a first down, but it's a screen pass. It's a, it's a screen pass. You know, you're going to give those up. And I, another thing, too, is I don't know if Iowa State has, like, any, if they have, like, some, uh, like, position battles in campus stuff. But, like, Iowa, like, if, if I, I just imagine that they had to go through that, um, like, same thing. Yeah. Um, we had three linebackers that had never started before. We so we our game when we got canceled after the first you know five minutes or whatever. Like you know, like you said earlier, Monty like Monty Jones got pulled because he's playing pretty bad. Yeah, right. They put a hockey bag. Yeah, so that's stuff that you see in the game that you don't see in practice because yep. all offseason all we heard was how Monty Jones has set himself like way apart <laughs> from all the other linebackers. And then he gets in the game and then he kind of just the bed, exactly. so to speak. So. Yeah. So and then on the two days this week, Hockey's on. Yeah, he moved up. I saw that. Yeah. So I mean, just little things like that. You're not. I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty with like. You know, obviously, you probably didn't have to do plays that they were going to run, and yeah. they didn't run them. You know, well, and, and, and they were going to try to play guys like Mike Rose at middle linebacker, 
he's a true freshman, you know, and he didn't really get a whole lot of snaps. And it would have been interesting to see, you know, if he he's going to be the guy at middle linebacker or if it's going to be a Ryan Vance or Bobby McMillan or whoever they're going to put there. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it depends on what we play. You know, if we do the 3-3 three, three stack or if we do the 4-2-5 that, you know, Campbell likes as well. Um, we have veteran guys in Willie Harvey and Marcel Spears, so. I'm not too worried about it, but at the same time, you would have liked Mike Rose that they've been talking about, talking about, talking about to get a lot of snaps in this first game against the team that they should beat before going to a on the road against a Power 5 team that's an in-state rival. You know, you want him to have that experience going into that. Now he doesn't have it. And even like, now you're going, yeah, like you said, a Power 5 team, you're going to their stadium. You had freshmen that were redshirted last year, true freshmen. Yeah. You didn't even see the field. Like, and you just like, well, and we have the new retro rule this this year too. Like so, yep. Yeah. Yeah. fans are you know talking about i like i've told kid like we have our own you know separate like text message chain that we do about what i would say stuff i personally think they're still going to win seven games regardless of this one that this was my eighth one but there's a part of me that worries that you know we're going to end up five and six yeah i know that um so It's either it's either Presbyterian or Southern that's willing to play us on December first if they're not in their championship or well either either way or the FCS team oh, isn't okay. in theirs because they each of those teams only have ten games so that they're eligible one of them doesn't want to do it the other one does I'm not sure which one it is but but yeah that that's the big thing and you know to me it's just one of those things like yeah it's gonna suck if we're at five wins and we're at game we're after game twelve at that point like yeah. it's gonna be something like. People, the people in, Ve- in Vegas right now have us at six and a half wins. Right. So, I mean, that's right now it's five and a half, basically, if you take away, because that should be a win they thought about. So, it's going to exactly. be. Right. The same thing happened in Nebraska. Um, obviously, in like a uh, Southern Day got canceled, too. And, I mean, you know, it's not possible. Of course, you're allowed to look at that. You know, we thought Nebraska fans won a lot of games. Yeah, they're delusional, but real fans I understand that. Realistically, yeah. I think getting to a bowl game would be a rookie year for them. Uh, they were very good last year. Um, so, I mean, that could be the same thing for Nebraska. Like, yeah. you know, they would have probably been their sixth point. I, yeah. I did hear rumor mill through Nebraska is that they're trying that they're keeping open the Akron game for the week of the conference title game. In case, in case either one of them is not don't make it, then they can come back and play it. So that would still help Nebraska. I think. And, and there's but, no way we can do that with South Dakota State because they're a really good FCS. They're probably they're going to be playing in the playoffs, exactly. so we can't play them. So that would make even more. Speaking of that, I saw some jabroni on uh, Cyclone Fanatic that, you know, they were talking about this stuff. And Twitter trolls. Twitter, I'm sorry, message board trolls. Message board. But they were talking about, like, you know, our October 20th bye, and there's another Big 12 team that has an October 20th bye by the name of K-State. They were talking about moving it. I'm like, why would K-State want to give up their bye week to play us and then play 11 straight weeks? 
You know, like just just to do us a favor. You know, a rivalry game. And I'm sure moving at Big Twelve games is a lot tougher. Yeah, it's a lot tougher because of you know TV and all this stuff. So <laughs> I just thought that was stupid. But it, I mean, it does suck because it's like. Well, did you see that?
basic questions like unknowns are obviously it's going to be interesting to see what Iowa does on defense, what Iowa State, you know, goes kind of, kind of spread a little bit more, um, a little bit on tempo. They know it, but a little bit tempo, a little bit left. So they've seen it. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, when Iowa State lines up like five wide, you know, empty backfield. Yeah. Uh, things like that. If, I think I saw about that. Iowa didn't get into like a dime or nickel package at all last week. They stayed in the base. That's typical Kirk. Yeah, they stayed in the base yeah. defense um, all game. Like no matter no matter who got lined up outside, yeah. it was an empty backfield where you know they stayed in with four down linemen um, and three linebackers. They weren't worried about Juwan Wesley. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not quite. Should have been. But that that's usually <laughs> what really if Iowa State wins this game, that's usually where it's usually won is Iowa. Iowa linebackers on Iowa State slot guys, and that's yeah. where mismatch, mismatch, mismatch is kind of right. And I think at um, the game being in Iowa City this year, generally, like you don't, we don't see a lot of shootouts in Iowa City. I mean, when I when when teams come to Iowa, Iowa City, even like top ranked teams, whatever, whoever it is, and Iowa wins, typically it's like a twenty-seven point. I mean, that's like high, even considered high scoring. I would say like. <laughs> I mean, I, if I was to win this game uh, Saturday, I think it's going to be a little lower scoring. If Iowa State's going to stay in the game, um, I think it's more if Iowa State's going to be able to win the game, I think they have to make it more of a like a shootout. It's like, like last year. I mean, Iowa State had to control that game into the fourth Should have won. Right. They should have won. <laughs> they should have won. It was a 31-21 with like 10 minutes left. 10, more. 10 minutes left. Yeah. So, and then we had a turnover. But, but uh, progressed. yeah. <laughs> Dropping back and... Our our boy uh, Jacob Park had no idea he was there. <laughs> Jumping back, but I mean, like in Iowa City, the only time it was really ever a shootout, at least in the past twenty years, was two thousand two with uh, Seneca Wallace when it was thirty six thirty one. But that wasn't even until the second half, right. you know. So um, I think I saw earlier that like seven of the last nine home games for Iowa has stayed under. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty, <clears> I don't know, I didn't see what the over under was like at this point right now. I think Iowa's still a full point favorite. Which makes my sense. I mean, if it was, that means if it was playing the games, it would probably be, I was being probably the credit pick. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I it's basically a pick either way, I think. Yeah. But if it's played neutral side, it's a pick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. So, what about you, kid? Uh, I mean, I would say there's a couple things. Like Patrick mentioned, I saw the same stat where if I rushes for over 100 yards, they're basically the one who lost one game in like the last four five years or something like that. And if yeah, it's, it's under 100, they've only, if they've held under 100, they haven't won a game. Literally, if you're going to stop Iowa, you got to stop them. For, force them to become one division. Yeah, I mean, if at the end of, like, at 8 o'clock Saturday night when the game's over, if you tell me that Iowa rushed for like 83 yards and they can we through for 400, I mean, I'm pretty sure we lost. So. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not the type of game that Iowa wants to play. They don't want to get into shootouts. I mean, no. the, the, the perfect example of, like, games they want to win is, like, when Penn State played Iowa City last year. What was that score? Two, what was it? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it was yeah, super like, tight. Look, came, it came down to that, yeah. It came out at the very end. I mean, when we beat Michigan a couple years ago, that was 14 to 13. Um, I mean, that's just, I mean, I it's not going to be that low scoring, but I yeah. think it's a big ten game. They don't, That's what they want. It's a they big don't want game. it to be Kemp five wide uh, against you know Iowa spreading out their defense, and then Iowa going five wide with Nathan Stanley with, with no running backs in the backfield. That's not the game they want to play. Yeah, exactly. And then like another one I think is, is with Iowa's defensive line, Iowa State just has to keep them off that 
Yeah. Like you can't let them pin their ears back. You gotta you gotta mix stuff up, mix up formations, chip chip on the edges with linebackers, uh, tight ends. Yeah, I was gonna say keep them chasing on it or you know you whoever. Just, you just gotta keep them off balance because if they know they can just pin their ears back on third down, it's not a good thing yep. for Iowa State. Right. And which I was struggling with last last week in the first half, the linebackers did was it wasn't so much throwing them little way spreading them out. Survey the field as much as probably a lot of other Big Twelve quarterbacks, which 
can hurt him, but it can also help keep pass rush off of him a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, he doesn't have a cannon, but he's, he he's accurate and he's smart. And I think he understands the offense, especially this year, I think, after going through camp and all that stuff. I think... But, he, if tr- but if he trusts himself a little bit more to hold the ball, it could be... Yeah, that, that, that's what I mean. Season. If he doesn't have time, it doesn't matter. Right. You know, it doesn't... You know, if you guys if you, if your guys are blowing in there, it doesn't matter. I mean, and didn't kind of like you said earlier, if um if I was able to let, let's just say Iowa jumps out to like a um ten o fourteen o lead and they're able to kind of tend their years back and and no he has to throw no he has to throw and kind of take uh Montgomery out of the game. I mean that I, I don't see there being like a way that Iowa State can win the game if if Iowa can make it as one-dimensional as possible. I think Montgomery has to be able to run the ball at least, you know, at least pretty well. You know, he doesn't have to run for 200 yards or anything. Um, but if he's able to, you know, run the ball, keep him balanced, and open up uh, the offense, he'll take a little pressure yeah. off, and then it's going to be a lot easier for Iowa State to move ball. Yeah, definitely. And uh, um, it kind of seems like we're talking about the same team like you were talking about, you're talking about making one dimensional. You know, like I was talking right. about making Iowa one dimensional. Make make sure Stanley beats you instead of giving up over 150 yards rushing. It's kind of, kind of funny how football is pretty much cyclical. Like you pretty much do the same things, and yeah. you're going to win the majority. Of I mean, generally, like every team wants to be able to run the ball, and you want to stop the run. It doesn't matter what level you're at. Yeah, I mean, if you can do those things, then you're going to look at the NFL. The NFL's the same way. I mean, you could be, you know, like Drew Brees and the back when he's throwing for 5,000 yards, but, you know, when the Saints got good, last year when they were running the ball. <laughs> they didn't win the Super Bowl. I know, but I'm just saying, like. They still had some talent running back now. Yeah, but, I mean, it still comes down to that, you know. Um, just quickly, another thing I wrote down I just thought would be fun to watch. Um, it's not really a strength versus weakness, but, like, almost strength versus strength is – our D-line, I feel like, is one of our strengths this year, finally. Which I can't believe I'm saying as an Iowa State fan, because our D-line's been trash forever. Versus the Iowa's O-line, especially with the new ta- or the tackles back from suspension. I can't wait to watch that matchup. I think it's going to be awesome. Oh, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I mean, if I were I mean, so there's been times where Brian Ferris comes out, I mean, he's been the office coordinator for what now, like a year in. Yeah. So there's been a couple times where he comes out and he lets the able to kind of throw the ball. We don't just, like, hand off for a count, hand off for a count, things like that. Um, if, if I was able to, to run the ball, get Iowa into, like, second and four, second and three, second and two situations, um, that's going to bode well for, for Iowa because it's going to open up the playbook a little bit. Yeah. It's gonna be able yeah. To do more. Um, but, yeah, I know the Iowa State D-line, I mean, just kind of from what I was reading earlier, that's one of their one of their strengths, too. And then, you know, I don't know, Iowa offensive line is usually Pretty solid. I mean, I don't remember the last time I had a really, really bad offensive line this year. They deserve a lot of it. Yeah, and I mean, not, like you said before, you have two tackles that obviously didn't play last week, but they're going to be NFL guys. Yeah, yeah. So. I think I think their posts on the outside are very solid. Yeah, right? it's the other three in the middle that always got to come together. Right. When basically now they've been just kind of, is that group going to really solidify and stop the Lima's and stop the Johnsons in the middle? And that, that's the key is. It's, I think on the outside, I would say I was tackled for solid. Right. And I, I yeah, this could, this could come down to Ray Lima. Yeah. You know, who, could come to who's basically, you know, he's an all-Big 12 type of talent. How well See if he can push against your guys' guards and your center. Right. And I'm really interested to see, too, um, 
the safeties. They're they're both season better guys. Against a guy like a King Butler, that's yeah. six six. So that's going to be really interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Matt Higgins, he's a true sophomore. He played a little bit last year for Iowa. Those two freshmen, but he was highly recruited. He was from Iowa, Michigan, and uh, he was kind of thrown in the fire last year. Now he's starting quarterback. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see um, what. I mean, Iowa State generally has pretty good like skill players. I, I would say their skill players every year are almost better than Iowa's. Like their wide well, receivers, especially <laughs> wide receivers. Yeah, especially especially a wide receiver. Yeah. And they, they usually utilize them pretty well too. Right. That's the thing is, is Kirk Ferentz often doesn't utilize receivers as well because he's more of a yeah conservative. Which is football, which is why which you is, know Iowa has you know stud tight ends because I mean you can use them in the play action game pretty well. Right. I mean, we can talk about that. Is um I mean we have you know Iowa has a first team preseason All American tight end T.J. Hawkinson is. No They're both going to play in the NFL. I mean, Hawkinson's yeah. the real deal, too. So. Exactly. And then Matt Hawkinson is more of a balanced tight end. Like, I think he could go to the NFL and play. He more. actually might he, he might end up being better because he's he's good at both. Yeah. Right. He's and fans, you know, kind of a slot tight end. They lined him up in the slot a few times last week. Um, they actually lined him up in the backfield one time as a full time last week. And, and then uh, Northern Illinois called him out. So that play never, like, never got oh. to see what happened. You yeah. think he would have ran a route out there? Or what? I, I think it was probably a route. So, so some, like, yeah, yeah some flat field, route or, or something. Or just a shift to what side of the field they're, they're favoring. Oh, yeah, that, he goes yeah. the opposite side. Right. I mean, so, anything can come out of that. So it'll be, it'll be interesting because, um, yeah, I think like Battle House, the Ohio game last year, we were just two tight ends, three tight ends. Just they couldn't stop it. Yeah, all it was unreal. Really so and we haven't seen that, honestly, like, since then. We, like, I thought that every all Iowa game was like, oh, Brian Ferris is finally like, He's kind, of found, he's kind of found like his. Like, yeah, but you always do. go back to not doing that. Yeah, exactly. which so, which so, as so Kirk, if I was an Iowa here. fan, I'd be so pissed. Like you, you're like, oh, he's finally opened it up, and then you go back to this conservative stuff. It'd drive me and crazy. Kirk, Kirk gets in his ear and goes, "Son, it's raining." <laughs> they yeah. just need to, they just need to let it rip, man. Just let it rip. Right. So I mean, it'll be really interesting. I think, I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of really good matchups on the field. I think this is. Best Iowa State team that I uh, that I've seen. I mean, let's let me put it this way: like a lot of Iowa fans have been like reading and seeing that like, oh, it's in Iowa City. Um, we have a, like, I mean, Iowa's probably a borderline twenty-five, top top thirty, top twenty-five. Yeah, I, I'd agree teams. with that. Yeah. So everyone's like, oh, there's no way they can come in and beat us in Iowa City. Well, I've seen a lot worse Iowa State teams beat a lot better Iowa teams. Two thousand fourteen. Yeah, I mean, it's just two thousand seven. We can keep and, going. Yeah, you, you just never know. Yeah. Every, the teams up on paper, it's more of an even matchup compared to, like you said, 2014 years when they're like, yeah, freaking it should be a 40-point game. Yep. And, I mean, there's been one of those games in basically the last 20 years where, it may have been two or so, but where Iowa is just blown out. Yeah, so 2009, 2010, 2016, really good. Yeah. I mean, it's a three. Yeah, so three games in the last nine, nine years that were really blown out to six of them. Basically, all came down to like the five minutes of the well, we, we had one to go to triple overtime, and then last year went to overtime. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's two of them, that one, you know. And then 2015 was a tight game with four minutes left, and then yeah, four and touchdowns. Uh, well, that was the game where uh, C.J. Beathard had that scramble where it was like third and 
forever. And that, that changed the whole game. But I mean, it was it was tied at that point. You know? It was tied so, in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Tinsbury fumbled the ball six minutes left in the fourth. Yep. Uh, we probably just scored because we and then we forced obviously the punt when you went down and scored and then yeah you guys were in the touch and we scored again. So yeah. I mean it may have looked like it was a close game, but it was, it was yeah, it was a lot closer yeah. than what thirty one seventeen or whatever that, it was. That would have been the rules of the season, right? For Iowa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean <laughs> that's one of the best Iowa teams in the past ten years and Iowa State could have won that game. Right. I mean and our team was not good that year. Yeah. Right. And so yeah, like I said, I mean I've seen a lot worse Iowa State teams be a lot better Iowa. So, I mean, <laughs> you can go in either way, you right. know. So, um, did you have anything else, Skip? I mean, yeah, it's it's one of those things where, you know, when our preview, I definitely picked the Cyclones. You did. There. And, you know, granted, I thought they'd get some rest off in the first game. You know, I still, I still, I still trust in, you know, this, this staff right now to go over because there's about three or four coaches right now that Campbell hasn't gotten. Barron, Snyder, you know, a few others. You know, yeah. Gundy. I think he's gonna break. I think he's gonna break the. I think he's gonna break the the snide against a couple guys this year. And I think yeah. Kirk's one of them. I, I just think. I just think he's got. I think he's got the O and two board written up there. He goes. You haven't beaten these guys. Yeah. Nobody's on. Nobody on this team has beaten them because basically the last ones that had would have been Lazard because he would have his freshman year. His freshman year. Yep. So, so uh, revival wins. This would be the first time in Kirk Francis' tenure that it'd be 4-0. 4-0. Everyone 4-0. And, I mean, as everybody knows on this podcast that listens, that I picked the Hawks in both the preview and the Cyclone preview. I got a lot of crap from my Iowa State friends, but I'm still sticking with it. I'm doing a podcast with an actual Hawk fan in the closet. Hey, hey, didn't you tell me before you grew up in Iowa? I grew up an Iowa fan, which, you know, I admitted it on this podcast, and I'm still sticking with it. And I, you know, I hate saying that, saying that, you know, because I, I really think it's gonna be close. I mean, well, I still, I'm still sticking with. I think the Hawks won by three, and I think it will be. You know, I definitely could be wrong because it, it's it's really a pick'em game. Even even without us playing last week, because these guys are fired up. I know they're fired up, but I think the Hawks worked out a lot of stuff last week. So I mean, it'll, it'll come down to the wire. Basically, right. who has the ball last? I think it'll be a lot like last year. Not maybe not as a shootout, but like. Where it's tight. I think it'll be a similar to Utah. Um, or, so or that, too. Yeah, yeah. So, so, I mean, I've seen a lot of Iowa State Probably not a lot. I've seen a few choose Iowa State, too. Um, but, I, me personally, my prediction is um, I think it's going to be very similar to 2015, where it's tight. Iowa State is going to leave Iowa State early. Those people come back. It might be tighter, like one position game in the fourth quarter. And I think that Iowa's going to win. Um, like, maybe score, go up two scores. Know, a few minutes left, and kind of just hold them there. I think I think you're looking at probably like a 31, 21, 31, 24, 30, 24. That type of game. All right. I don't remember what I picked. I think I said 31, 28 when I picked the, the Iowa score. We did the preview. Yeah, that sounds right. I think I said 31. Yeah. Well, either way, we both picked. I I, I think we both picked three point wins, but mine was on the wrong side. That's right. So, the wrong side. Okay. Right? I mean, I wouldn't complain if it was like a yeah. 16 beat down, but um, <laughs> I, I, just, I don't think it's going to be like that. I think it's going to be a game. I think it's going to be like uh, Jason. I think it's going to be fired up. I think it's going to have them ready. Yeah. Um, I mean, they should. Honestly, I think they should have won a game last year. They, they should have, yeah. Adam Wadley is going to win Yeah, his, his uh, reception where he burned. Joel Lanning. I, I, I was, was I would, 
would like to see if those two teams faced off again at the end of the season, what it would have been like. Because we changed our defense after that and, game. And Joel Lanning was still in his infancy. And yeah, and he, he got better as the year went on. It, it would have been interesting, I think. It's still, way. obviously, still Matt Lost. I don't know. But yeah. It's just one of those things. It's like, well, in the, in the, the Iowa team, they were had this Jekyll and Hyde yeah. where they crush out Ohio State and look fantastic and, and then shit the bed against Purdue. Yeah. So, like, or Wisconsin. Yeah. To be fair, Wisconsin. After having 500 yards against Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, Wisconsin is pretty good. Wisconsin's defense legit. I saw that in person last year. Yeah. I mean, I think they're real. I think they're first in the team to escape. They get through. They have a tough schedule. They really do. If they can beat Iowa, they start 4-0. There's no way to get the West. Basically, Iowa's only. Uh, way that they, can win. They, they have to have to beat them. Yeah, have to. Yeah, because if we lose to Penn State, if we lose to Penn State, Wisconsin, we're going to finish with 10 2. Yeah. But they're beating Wisconsin at least three games. Yeah, they're going to have to beat Michigan. So I, I think they got better. And Michigan's not as good as people think. Their defense is really good, but Kit's uh, brother, yeah, his brother in the Irish uh, showed them up last weekend. So. How does Harbaugh, like for an NFL guy, I think it just, I don't know, I think it's just one of those things where you, it just, it's bad luck. I think it's just bad luck. I think he just got, you know, for, for every Andrew Luck you end up with, you end up with Wilton's speed or whatever the hell his name was last year. That just, yeah, that sucked. Uh, last week for UCLA. So. Right, well, yeah, well, Spate. Um, yeah, yeah, Spate, yeah. Uh, well, also, like, Christian Cappy's little brother was pretty happy. Uh, pretty happy Dylan, yeah, that's his name, so yeah. he plays for Michigan. Yeah. He came to the game a little bit last week. And then, what was that, what's that, uh, woman's transfer name? Uh, Shea Patterson. Yeah, he, he was supposed to be, like, all Big Ten. Yeah, he's, 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 pretty, he's probably pretty good, but I guess it wasn't even North Dame. Uh, really yeah. No, I, so. Notre Dame looked really good. I'll get, I'll get him credit, even though I hate him. Right, kid? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's uh, let's move on uh, to kind of our our final section of this. Uh, I wanted to talk about our favorite Cyhawk memories. Um, you know, whether it's a game or something you you remember from a uh, you know a specific tailgate during a game or anything like that. You know, so typical Iowa State thing. I'm talking about a tailgate. <laughs> well, I mean, in in our fandom though, Mike. I mean, it's been a pretty close rivalry. It's not like you know, this is the '90s where we're getting dump truck every well, week. Well, 16 year, year stretch of yeah. uh, winning those games. Yeah. Great. So, last uh, twenty years. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I was one obviously four or five, um, three in a row, but like over the last twenty years, it's ten and ten. Yeah. So. So, as our guest, Pat, why don't you uh, tell us uh, some of yours that you might have? <clears throat> pretty close. I mean, obviously. Sash put on a clinic. Yeah, I, I remember that well. <laughs> Kit and I would have been sitting in the student section, I believe. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was brutal. Yeah, that was, that was I mean, 2010, obviously. I mean, still to this day, um, I still think that 2010 Iowa team was the most talented I've ever seen, and they went 85. Yeah, that it's kind of unfortunate how that, how that shook out yeah, that game that year. Games, um, but that's even so much talent that they just dumped from Iowa State just from the game. Yeah. It was, I don't remember what the final score was, 42 to. It wasn't 35. 
35 7. Yeah, it was, so, it was bad. Uh, I, think, I think my favorite was probably 2015. Um, you know, the, obviously that was the beginning of uh, the Beathard era. I mean, they started kind of in the, or at, in the uh, bowl game year before when Iowa got housed by uh, Tennessee. But that was that was kind of what we knew that, or as Iowa fans, we knew that, you know, CJ Beathard could be, be a special, special yeah. quarterback because he, he uh, just you know, he had those two scrambles, you know, the ones you were talking about, and he had that one that like, he gets something there past to. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that scramble is like on third down and like eight two. Well, yeah. and, and they had it. They, they had, had it. Right. 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 Yeah. God. Yeah. So that, that was a fun year. Uh, obviously, yeah. because it ended. It was, I felt like that was kind of like the momentum game that got them going. Yeah. They ended up with a huge regular season. Um, it was pretty cool too because that was the year that I was kind of passed away, like a week before. Yeah. I think. Um, so they wore like the knives on the helmet and stuff. So that was probably my favorite. I mean, I've been to a handful. I mean, both, I mean, probably six, seven Iowa. I was in Iowa City. I was going to say, you've been to names. I remember because we were working together in 2011, and that's one of mine, actually. It was the triple overtime game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because we were texting each other because um, we were both at the game. And that actually might be my favorite one just because it was an insane game. I got super sunburnt. Uh, and yeah, James White scored the game winning touchdown. Uh, going into the end zone there. It was just, I don't know, it was just crazy because it's like, yeah. that that year was so up and down. You know what I mean? And I was super sunburned. So yeah, Kit, Kit might have been hot. more sunburned oh, than me. <laughs> um, but, like, for me, besides that game, because that, that might be top, but this, very close to the, to the top is 2005 when Iowa was ranked in the top 10. I was the Jason, sophomore. The Jason Manson game. Yeah, the oh. Jason Manson game. I was yeah, a sophomore. Game. In uh, college, and uh, I was like 18, and <laughs> I thought we were gonna get dump truck that day, and then we just well, stuck it to him. And well, Drew Tate got hurt. Jason Lanson's garbage, and we ended up winning 23 to three. Uh, and well, Kate remembers this, but uh, we had this house on uh, uh, State Avenue in Ames. Uh, it was pretty close to campus, 129. Shout out to my boy Chad. And we had a huge party afterwards, and I got super hammered, and it was awesome. <laughs> so that's my favorite memory. I remember the game specifically, too, because um, I'm in the angel of the year. I was still in high school. But we had... Oh, I, I know. Yeah. You're a lot younger than me. So the game, I think, it came like, was it 3 or 4 or 2 or something? Like it, was, it was in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. 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 we had football practice on Saturday morning. Um, and then... Oh, yeah. Uh, for the people that don't know, Patrick uh, went to Valley. He's a lot better than us, so... <laughs> He he played on like an actual state title team. He's not he's not one A football like uh, Kit and I were. So two A, excuse me, sorry. <laughs> so so we my buddy had tickets. Um, and they were actually in that um that uh local not press box, but it's like those suites that are like, oh, yeah, yeah. on the stadium on like on the side of the suits that you now. Jack Trice Club. Yeah, it's a Jack. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know it was called my buddy had tickets, and he asked me that morning, like literally the morning of, he's like, hey. We, Ten title or yeah, co co Big Ten title. Yeah, yeah. They, they won the Big Ten title. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
PCS and then yep. <laughs> got housed. Just got housed. And I think you lost that's, your... that's the only time, the only time basically in my fandom that Iowa State's housed Iowa. Because it was 23 to 3. I mean, it wasn't ever close. Yeah, it was after 3 got knocked out. Yeah, it was close. Because of all the other games that Iowa State's won, it's been three points or less. Yeah, or a touchdown. No, no. It's. So well, I, I considered my fa- my fandom since 04 because that was my yeah, freshman year, so right? Your fandom. I was yeah. thinking of games in general. So 07, it was 15 to 13. 2011, that was just talking about triple overtime, three points. That was 44 to 41. The next year, 2012, it was 9 to 6, which is probably Kit's favorite game. We'll get to that. <laughs> that was the Jake Nod uh, interception game. Was that Jake um, Christensen the quarterback? Was it your sales? No, no, no. 07 would have been. That would have been Matt Vanderbilt. Oh. James, James Vanderbilt. James Vanderbilt. Yeah. And then the last time the Iowa State won was 2014, which was the Colton Nettin double field goal where he kicked it, and then didn't you guys call timeout? And then he made it again. So that was 20 to 17. So, like I said, every game except for 05 was three points or less, which is nuts. And then Iowa's, Iowa's house says, let's see, 09, 35 to 3, 2010, 35 to 7. Yeah. <laughs> Forty-two to three in two thousand sixteen. Like I said earlier, if I open out and if they broke a couple scores early, and if you kind of ten years back and rush, yeah. I mean, that, that, that's not. I was usually. I don't. Generally, I will pull about Iowa State. I mean, they obviously had a couple close wins, but team was yeah. fourteen points, but it was close. Um, one of the last year, obviously. Yeah. Points in um, but generally, with the blowout, it's on Iowa side. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, like you said, that was, that's the only time I could even remember. Right? I mean, 2010 would have been, or 2000 would have been a 10 point win for the Cyclones, but that yeah. would have been back basically. But I mean, when we when we won five straight, it was 98 was 27 9, 99 was 17 to 10, 2000 was 24 14, 2001 was 17 14, and then 2002 was the epic game of Seneca, which was 36 31. So I mean, probably my worst Iowa State experience because I would have been in Streak. So, Darren Davis, 
basically back to back seasons had over like 240 yards rushing. Yep. 98 99. Besides that, I mean, yeah, I mean, I was in Iowa City when, I mean, at one point, I think I was like 3 0 of Iowa, Iowa State game where Iowa State had won. And I thought it was a good luck streak at that point. So it was broken with the. I, Rose, I think Rose, what. Iowa so I was thinking about this. I think what happened is you went in 2000, because 2007 went a bit before you. So you went in 2011, because I was in Ames. And I think you went to. Overtime game, right? Yeah, that was the, over, the triple overtime game. And I think you went to Iowa City in 2012, but I don't know who you went with. Yeah, so it wouldn't have been me. I don't remember. So I didn't go to that game. That was a 96 game. And then in 2014 is when you went with Bruin and Patrick, right? Yeah. Not this Patrick, the other one. Yeah. Caucasian. Yeah. The white one, not not the Asian one. If the game is in 96, I promise you I will win this game. Uh, <laughs> hey, we won one, though. That was 96. <laughs> God, that was an awful game. I remember watching that. Yeah. That yeah, was I'm so sure. bad. I mean, I... Just this year, I mean, I can see anything happening. Honestly, I mean, and I, I always try to put it like, yeah, as an Iowa fan, people like, or Iowa people, they always, people always get on them for like choosing Iowa to lose. Like, okay, well, you're making, you know, but they, but, but, the, but their goal is to give their their opinion. They're being exactly, paid by a paper. Exactly. So, like, I'm not gonna choose. Uh, I'm still, I'm not gonna choose Iowa. Whatever you, you know, like, I'm getting paid by this podcast. Why can't I pick Iowa? <laughs> I, I think that Iowa State will have a great chance to win if they, like you said earlier, keep, can keep Iowa in the top balance. I think it's the biggest, that's the biggest key for Iowa State. If they're able to, to both drill and run the ball uh, effectively, um, it will be really interesting to see if Iowa can score a points for them. Um, if Iowa can kind of force them to be a little bit more one-dimensional. Yeah. So I know you didn't bring this up before, but all, all the message boards trolls for Hawks fans people on Facebook are outraged by the suspensions being called. Do oh, yeah. Have, I was gonna, we were going to talk about do that. Do you yeah. have any, like, are you appalled? Or are you just like, if I if, you, if I was in the same boat, would you be like, that's fine? Because they, you know, at that point, are you a little bit more, I think that's the right thing, wrong thing? I was fine. Honestly, like, even if it, if it was Iowa, I would say it wouldn't even matter to me. Like, because, first of all, so they get suspended for the game, right? Um, the game started obviously five, six, seven minutes or whatever um, went on and then it got canceled. Um, but the thing is that they probably served some type of suspension that week during practice. They, like, like, they, they had to play, they had to play with the scout teams. teams. Yeah. Okay, so there's stuff like that. See, so there's something, because with Iowa, they had to force suspension too this week. Um, they missed the game. Um, they, I read earlier that they had to serve on the scout team and they had to go to community service on Saturday during the game. So they couldn't even go to the game. So, I mean, they, the Iowa State players served their suspension. No the game could have been five minutes or the whole sixty minutes. It doesn't matter. They, you know, they prepared like they were suspended. Um, they didn't get to play those first however many minutes, and the suspension served. I mean, you know, I, I personally, I mean, I don't understand what the like fuss is about. I mean, the more they started, all four, how many were suspended? Well, I think one of them was the starter as like as, as Julian as, as Jones as a starter. Yeah. And then, yeah. the more they even suspended, for, like, was it anything like legal? It was, like, just, it was just like team violations. I think team, it was team violations for good Jones. Okay, so it's not like. It's like, and, it's like no, uh, Tonga, Tonga Mo was, had he had an OWI in the spring. Okay, so it's not like. This and stuff, he's not started, though. It's not like. What's his name? Like Chris L. Rucker or from Michigan State getting arrested and out of jail. Like, <laughs> like, it's Iowa. Our, our friend Jeff Cleaver always brings those up. So, so no, seriously, like, I was literally. I remember the pool I went and how Michigan State that day. They were right number five. Was, that was the 2009 or 2010? Yeah, so, so 2010, they were ranked yet. 
Was that like 27 to 9? Suit underneath his uh, pads. I mean, yeah, <laughs> so I, have, I have no issue with it. I'm sure you guys don't have an issue with it. I mean, to me, it's one of those things. It's like the coaches are there to police their own. Like, they shouldn't worry about what the media says to an extent, or, or their fan base, I should say. Like, right. the media they, they get to decide the suspension anyway. Yeah. Why, why does the fan get to decide it? And, and like, if, if, if the coach and the athletic director and the president feel like it, that's good, good, then I'm good with it. Exactly. Like, they can probably have to suspend it. Even the Iowa players, but, like, the coaches are laying out suspension and they're deciding, okay, they serve their time. They yeah. Punishment. That, that's and what it comes out to. And, and, like you said, they, they had to serve on the scouts. Like, yeah. They, they got punished throughout the, the game throughout the week. And they, like, didn't, they, were being suspended. they didn't get to do any of the cool stuff of, you know, going out for, you know, pregame stuff or. Are warming up our our cyclone. Uh, what do we call it? Uh, spirit walk. Yeah, they, were like, they didn't get to do any of that stuff, you know. So, so I mean, yeah, exactly. So, and to me, like, it's just it's just hate hate talking, you know. It, and it is about fandom. Yeah. If this was on the opposite side, cyclone fans would be at the hockey oh, store. Sure. And then yeah, you, you have you have those like exactly you have those message board trolls that are out there going. Oh, this is yeah. this is wrong. You know, if they happen the other way, they'd be like, "Well, it's fine." You know. Speaking of, I want to call out our friend uh, Pat here. I do. I do so. want to make one more comment about the suspensions first. Though. Okay. <laughs> I did hear somebody that works in like administration brought it up, like how like administration for like high schools saying like even if there's one period in the day and the classes get canceled for snow, that's considered a suspension, like a, a suspension. So like, I mean, it's kind of like yeah. How do you follow well, that? Like, like Rob said, like you, um, the, the coaches decide like the, like the punishment. It's not like like legally like the police had no reason. Yeah, you're yeah. suspended for one game. Yeah, it has know. to be a full no, game. Like, so yeah. Coaches like Matt Campbell just stabbed the president of Harvard that black record, and they were like, okay, they had to do this and this and this. Yeah. They served the suspension, even though the game got canceled, they still served. They, they literally had to do throughout the week and throughout. You know, I mean, it's the way you can't control it. So. Yeah, exactly. So, go ahead. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, I always defend my boy Pat. Um, you know, jab each other. we 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 do jab each other, but I feel like we're both you know very intelligent. Um, hockey fans. Let's give us say hockey fans, but I was gonna say sports fans. Um, and we understand the the other side because we're rivals in not only the the college game but in the pro game too. Because he's a Packers fan and I'm a Bears fan, so. I mean, we give we give each other shit about you know both NFL and college, but we both understand you know just you know being smart sports fans. But I have to call you out. You posted this on Twitter the other night or the other day, excuse me, um, being being a troll, and I wanted to call you out. So this is what he, he tweeted, kid. I wanted to see what you think. Seeing ISU fans talk shit about Iowa makes me laugh. They win eight games in a season for the first time since 2000. They feel entitled. So what do you think? Can I lie in that? <laughs> I don't feel entitled. No. Uh, no, but but there is those message boards. Okay. That's the ones you're calling out. So we can, we, we can all agree. Every, no matter what team, it could be Alabama, Iowa State, I, 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 every fan base has 
And so I was. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure you see it. I like, I was the version of my friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, because we I, call each other. So. Yeah, I have tons of, like, some of my best friends, family, whoever I was dating. That's why, like, we, it's, at the end of the day, it's, it's just, you know, your favorite. Yeah. But they like stuff, so it shows up in my feed, and I sit there and scroll and see all the signs that connect, and of course I do the <laughs> mistake of clicking on it and then reading the really friend. So it just gets me all fired up. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, no. I, I had a laugh. I, I I liked it. I even commented on it, but I just I wanted to give you shit about it. So. Yeah, it's just one of those things. <laughs> it's blind fandom. I know. Like, I know. You have you have those those fans out there that you just can't control. They're they you have the same. You'll have Hawkeye fans every year that are gonna say, "Yep, we're the best team in the Big Ten. You know, we're gonna." Well, the, they think they're gonna win twelve games. Exactly. There's fans were for especially for a school like Iowa. I mean, we're like a generally. Or every year, we're like a borderline top 25 team to compete for like these nine wins. Yeah, I would say that's a, a pretty good that's a that's a realistic that's expectation for Iowa. For me, a realistic expectation is to um, every four years, so every recruiting cycle, compete for a big ten championship. Yep, yep. That's, that's my ten, ten plus ones. Yep. Every every four or so years, which which Kirkner's basically not. I mean, every four years he's competed. He's had top ten finishes. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So the fans that think it's like realistic for Iowa would. That's considered a developmental program to like win 12 games every year and compete and like win the West every year and then compete for like the college football playoff. It's, it's just unrealistic. It's yeah. just like, you know, this is not, and they, they even make me mad. I'm not sure they make other guys <laughs> mad as well. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. No, I, I mean, we, we have those guys too. And there's there's a cyclone fans that are just unrealistic out there. And I'm sure for like basketball, especially because you guys are more of like a. I guess you guys have had more success in basketball over the last few years, or you know, however long yeah. than football, obviously. So I'm sure there's those fans on the board that are like, oh, I think we can make a run at the final board this year, like every <laughs> single year. I mean, I'm sure that's just how it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I would I would say basketball is definitely worse. Yeah. Like <laughs> for unrealistic expectations. And it's, and it's one of those things where they think, you know, this is is this the year we get Kansas, and it's like, what let, let's show we can finish second in in a league yeah. first before we can beat Kansas, like. Right, we can't even get the second right. Yeah. That's, that's how it is for me with uh, Iowa football. Is like, you know, I see fans say that oh, I think you really can go on 12, uh, 11, and 1, 12, and 0. I mean, I've been watching Iowa football since I was like born, and they've got 12 and 0 one time. One time. One time in 20, however many years, you know? Yeah. So yeah. you've had two total one loss. Well, you've had two total zero or one loss right. seasons yeah. going into a bowl game. I've been yeah. lucky, I mean, to see like so many. Historically great, like Iowa football games. I mean, we could easily be like winning three, four, five games every year and like fighting to win six games. Hey, you could be us where we've never had a 10 win season ever. That's that might us in Indiana and Vanderbilt. That's, that's it. That might be my favorite stat ever is that <laughs> Iowa State's best football season ever is nine wins. Nine wins. We've well, done it twice. It's either that or <laughs> before they won their bowl last year, that Ricky Stanley himself had more bowl wins <laughs> than, than Iowa State. And and that's why I can't get mad when Iowa fans troll on it because I'm like we've never won ten games. Like as a fan, I just want to win ten games. Is that too much to ask? It's one time. I just want it. We should have done it last year. Just a lot of the case taking. Are you kidding me? I know. I know. We were not gonna. This is not what this podcast. Also, is. I'm just gonna get. We also, up, we also upset two top five teams. I know. I know. I know. I know. It's just, damn it. Yeah, uh, I want consistency in the program too. Trust me. No. I and. You and I have talked about this, and our, our friend Beetle and Riley that has been on the podcast before, 
you know, we want to be K-State, right? Seven to eight wins every year. Every fifth year you're contending for a big ball. Which they have done. What I would do. I would kill for that. If Iowa State was winning seven, eight games, sometimes nine games, and then competing for a big ball championship, or at least a big ball championship, every year would be Yep. That's what I was saying. Every four years, every class should be able to compete for a different title. Yep. So if Iowa State could do that, I mean, Hey, Matt Campbell, whatever he's a, yep. he's a famous stay in town. And I think that's realistic, like but, where we are. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because we want to be a develop, we want to be a developmental program and like this, Iowa. And the support of the fans. Yep. You don't, you don't have, you know, like a, a freaking trying to think of a like Oklahoma State goes to a Big Twelve, you know, wins a Big Twelve championship. They win ten games every year, and they want to kick out Gundy. Yeah, and they still. I want to punch them in the face. And they still want to get. And Les Miles, yeah, he's up there too. Les Miles got fired because he was winning. Look at Polini, Nebraska. He won nine. Unrealistic. Every year, and he got fired. I mean, that's because they were still living in the past, and they needed Nebraska is basically Iowa now. Or they were. I mean, yeah, that's a different podcast. And even though, like, some some of the things like. Bart has done like with basketball and stuff like that is probably not great, but he's doing the same thing with with uh, Fran as he's done with Kirk. He's giving him time because Kirk, I mean, he's given Kirk a little bit of time to do something, right. and he's a little bit more trusting and knowing, okay, we're going the right way and stuff like that. So that's why, like, you got to give it to Iowa's athletic department in general. They've had two coaches in the last what four years, pretty much. For, for football, I'm not gonna get. We'll talk about it. Sure, future basketball, yeah, basketball we'll do basketball. basketball one. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> we can talk about your boyfriend. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> we want to talk about. Fired up. I know, hopefully, I know. Hopefully, we'll we'll, we'll do a basketball yeah, one. We'll, 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 we'll worry about football first, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I always, I, I have tons of, like I told you, you know, I have tons of Iowa State friends. Um, yeah. As far as I was Iowa State family, I was Iowa State, and we sit there and talk about sports. If Iowa State could legitimately put out the same kind of wins uh, kind of season that Iowa had, I think that that's very realistic. I mean, Iowa, Iowa State, we're not gonna ever going to have the same kind of success that Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State. You're not, we can't get the win, same kids. We can't. win 10, 11, 12 games every yep. year. I mean, what uh, Kirk do from like 2002 to 2005? He won 10 games all three years in a row. Three years in a row, yeah. Top 10 in the AP. I mean, that's like, at Iowa, that's unheard of. And yeah. He did, he's done it once in, you know, in the 20 years or so. But I mean, they're they're kind of more on a cycle now, like 2009 to 2015. I mean, yeah, it's kind of more of that cycle, and then you know, seven to eight wins or whatever. So, um, all right, well, we're kind of going along here. So, yeah, we're all over the board. We're all over the board. So, kid, you got a fact to lay on us today? I do. I had to dig deep yeah. in the barrel for this one. Um, did you know? That if you drop the raisin in a fresh glass of champagne, it'll keep going from the bottom to the top, back and forth. Wait, like, so just keep going up and down in the entire glass the entire time, floating up and down. Like it won't just float at the top; it'll go from the bottom to the top, back up and down. Is it only champagne? Yep. Why? I don't know. I just what? Found a you told us the fact. You have I to just, know. Well, I can look it up. Probably. I'm sure it's something <laughs> to do with the density and the bubbles. But I just, that's the all right, Professor Kid. I want this. I want to know. Next podcast, we're going to discover why this raisin goes back and forth. I want to know. 
Okay. You have to. You I'll have do to do more, it. I'll do more research. You have to do more dig, research, did, people. I did dig bar- uh, deep in the barrel because I wasn't ready. He it, he so. was unprepared. Yeah. I was hoping for a uh, actual. You know, I, I was no, no That's okay. <laughs> it's, it's no PPP out there for you. Yeah, well, it's 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 really hard to top uh, picks per person. That still is an all-time measurement, but uh, we did we didn't forget the fact today, so that's good. So, um, before we sign off, Pat, do you got anything else you want to mention? Any shout-outs to your friends and family out there that are hopefully going to listen after you uh, put this on them? Be like, hey, listen to our podcast. Actually, for the people that don't know, this is something that uh, Pat and I used to talk about you know, doing someday. So yeah, I, I, I started my own and made him come on mine. So. Oh, that's okay. Talking. Uh, I mean, how does it? Because we should uh, talk to you know, whatever. Yeah, sports. absolutely, bro. Why don't you want to talk about the NBA? Because you like your suck? No, I just want to. I mean, the NBA, I mean, I, I don't know how to do it. I know. It, it doesn't matter until like April. Yeah, playoffs for it. Yeah, <laughs> it I mean, is. The Cubs put up a four spot on the Brewers, though. That's what I was looking at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was with a Brewers fan actually earlier today. I was getting a shit, so. Oh, I mean. He's one of four Brewers fans in existence. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I don't know why you're everyone. I mean, I would just say that I was a you're, you're close enough to Chicago. You're, you're close enough to Chicago anyway, so. All right, bro. Well, I, I, as always, I, uh, I appreciate uh, you coming on and uh, giving your expertise on the Hawks. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll have you on with our, our, our friend Bill that you probably heard on the other uh, podcast. Yeah. He's, he's pretty good with the Hawks stuff, so. Kit, do you have anything else before we sign off here? Uh, go State. Go State. Go Hate Week. Hopefully, uh, I'm going to do my best to fire out this podcast so you, uh, all you guys can you listen. Have, you have it by the game time. You're going to listen to it after, <laughs> right, Rob? No, you're going to you're you're listen Rob. on the way to Iowa City, uh, right? No, I, no, I mean, our listeners oh, are. The listeners are. I'll listen to it on the way to Iowa City. Yeah. Are you going to Iowa City? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to Friday night. Um, really, we'll get off work. We'll get off work. We'll get off work. We'll get Tickets or just tailgate? Hennessy is uh, flowing hey. at 2 a.m. But <laughs> you can't have a liquor in Iowa City on the lots anymore, so you can put them like in plastic bottles. Yeah. So the cops come around and see that glass. Yeah. Uh, this is going to sound like I'm super racist. It's like, that's true. I'm, I'm uh, helping my people out and uh, drinking bush light.
then dog pound, but pound without the vowels, right? Yeah. So P and D. Yeah. So welcome D A W G P N D. Pretty sure. Yeah. If not, if no not, vowels. disregard that. Yeah. So. All right. Well, we had a lot of fun today. Um, uh, definitely tune in, in future podcasts. I think Mike and I are going to do some uh, fun stuff coming up. Uh, hopefully, something that's kind of off the wall and get away from our sports stuff for a little bit. But we'll we'll be back for that. So try to hit every gender out there. Gender? How many genders are there? There's two. Whoa! Whoa! Putting everybody in two different broad categories. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Kids, kids gonna make my face red. That I, uh, I'm gonna get called out by our. That's uh, okay. Okay. That's okay. We'll just stop. Well, I'll just hey, stop. Just right. Go state. Go state. Um, and uh, we'll be back on Welcome to the Dog Pound. After the party, it's yeah. the Waffle House. Uh-huh. If you ever been here, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Uh-huh. Where people don't dance, all they do is yeah. this. Uh-huh. And after the this original, you know what it is. This is the remix. It had to go down. I got something else to tell you about the new Motown. Oh, Where people don't visit, they move out here. And ain't no telling who you might see up in Lenox Square. I don't know about you, but I miss the Freak Nick. Cause that's when my city used to be real sick. People from other cities used to drive for miles. Just to come and get a taste of this ATL style. MVP, most ball in this player Make my own moves, call me the mayor Monday night, you know things change with time Magic City back looking like 89 All my homies on the south side up in the Ritz Tuesday night, the Velvet Room, same shit Wednesday, strokers, I don't go no more Cause they don't know how to treat you when you come through the door Thursday night, was plush, but we moved the fuel And I be up in the booth, drunk, acting the fool Friday night, at Kaya, they still got love And the Shark Bar be popping like it's a nightclub Saturday, still off the heezy for sheezy You can find me up in one tweezy Sunday, getting me some sleep, please I'm on my way to the deck to hit jazz and tease Holla! Hey, yo, I'm from New York, man Representing NYC to the fullest